0: Every damn day, every damn day, every damn day. hello everyone it's jerry at the fledge and welcome to season two episode 62 and today i'm here with our new friend fred Joyle from uh or an entrepreneur an author uh, the founder of 1-800 dentist and uh i'm super excited to talk to you fred how you doing today
1: uh, just fantastic jerry excited too
0: yeah would you mind uh, telling us a little bit about you and uh, kind of your history as an entrepreneur and as an author?
1: Okay, uh, it goes back to the 80s where I was working in an ad agency and I had the, the naivete to start my own business uh, with a friend uh, that turned out to be 1-800-DENTIST uh, and we raised 30,000 bucks from our family uh, and built it into the largest dentist referral service in the country. Over the 30 years we ran it, uh, we generated in total about a billion dollars in revenue, over a billion technically. Uh, so it got a lot bigger than we thought it was going to be. And, and we learned a lot along the way, made a lot of mistakes, made survivable mistakes, as we like to say. Um, but it was, it was a great uh, career and uh, wrote a few books, did a, uh, a lot of public speaking, and then got to this point where, you know, because I was talking primarily to dentists and their teams. and But I had evolved this idea uh, from the evolution of my own life on how to cultivate the superpower of boldness in a systematic way. And so that's what my latest book, Super Bold, is. And it's the subtitle is From Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days because you can really transform yourself much more quickly, much more quickly than I did. It took me decades, yeah. um, but it can be done. And it's, I'm very excited to help people do it because it affects every part of your life.
0: You know, first of all, everybody I've said, Hey, Fred Joyle's coming on. He was the founder of one 800 dentist. Everyone's like, I see coming on your show because everybody knows what that is. You must have done just a, uh, just hit everybody everywhere with 1-800-DENTISTS. Yeah, I mean,
1: we uh, spent $500 million in advertising over over the time I was there. So uh, that's a lot of impact, you know, mostly television advertising. And I was in about half the commercials. Yeah so I, I you know in some markets I'm st- I'm still sort of recognized I'm a, like I I say I'm a micro celebrity I'm yeah. a, you know like in, in this tiny category of dentistry I'm
0: really well recognized We call it ghetto superstars around here but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know the, in the 80s and the 90s that seems like a huge undertaking undertaking. Like you can set a budget for that now with Google ads and Facebook ads and stuff like that and spend that pretty easy. That must have been really innovative and hard work to make that to spend that much.
1: I mean, we we really invented every aspect of the business. There was no template to work from. So we had to set up a call center. We had to figure out what we were going to say. We had to recruit dentists. We had to build the database of, of dentists and all of the services that they offer and then the hours and training and the licensing and all of that stuff uh, and evolve that constantly as technology evolved. I mean, when we started, there were no hard drives in our computers. It was literally the old, the, the data's on one floppy and the programs on the other floppy. Uh, and to the point where eventually, you know, we went from a million dollar telephone switch in its final stage to not needing a telephone switch because the technology had evolved so far, uh, yeah. and but everything had to be figured out, and we had to we created all of our own, our own advertising, we bought it, we figured out how to track it, we did all the placing ourselves. We were essentially and like an internally, we were an ad agency, a media buying agency, and that was where all of our profitability came from, is doing it efficiently. Because I had worked at an ad agency and I saw how they wasted money. And I said, we can't afford to do that. We have to make the phone ring. We have to get real patients for the dentist. And so we we had our own creative department, made all our own TV commercials and placed all the ads and just had relationships with TV stations all across the country.
0: Were Were you passionate about passionate about dentistry or... That just happened to be the one that sounded no, it, was,
1: it was, you know, it's one of those random things. Uh, it, I mean, I, I had a really wacky dentist who was like a holistic dentist 20 years before anybody even used the term. And I always thought, how would anybody find this guy? So when I heard the, the idea for 800 dentists, because this was the phone number belonged to a friend of mine, he had he had when 800 numbers came out, he had this moment of brilliance where he said, I'm going to grab this number. It's, you know, it's seven digits. It's exactly what you would think it is. And there aren't many numbers exactly like that. And he had it ringing to his house and he saw me working in advertising. He says, I think you turn this into a business. So my partner, Gary and I, we, we just decided to do it and we were off and running, but you know, it could have been 800 mattresses, uh, for all, you know, (laughs) just as easily. Um, and, and it just happened to work. It happened to everything that we did eventually congealed into a profitable business after about three years of slugging away at it.
0: That's interesting that like 800 numbers used to be the domain names of the past, right? Yes, exactly. they probably still are though. I mean, it's still good to get a good one. There's a few, there's
1: a friend of mine has 800 no cuffs, which is who you call if you've gotten a DUI, Uh, uh, And, and, and it's one of those things. It's like, you need the phone number, you know, like you, and he says, like, don't talk to the police, talk to me, you know, Mm -hmm. just call me immediately. Uh, and. Oh, right. When you get pulled over. Yeah. He says, just get your lawyer on the phone. Uh, especially if you know you've been pulled over and you're probably not going to pass a breathalyzer. Uh Um, but you know, it's a, it's a different sort of career, Uh, uh, and it's very specific. I think 800 mattresses still works. 800 flowers started when we did, and the last thing they want you to do is call them. They want you to go to the website because... they can handle the whole transaction for fractions of a penny rather than having a live person say, oh, what would you like to send for Valentine's Day or Mother's Day? And, and they, they burn up all of this cost with a, a live operator. So they don't want now, they, that, but that's how they started. But that, they, they moved, migrated completely to the digital world. 800 Dentists, eventually we had our dot com and we moved very heavily into the digital world to the point where now I don't have the business anymore, but they're all online. They don't do anything, any broadcast anymore.
0: All right, so one more question there, or I think one more question, and then we'll <laughs> yeah. move on to uh, Super Bowl. Um, did you th- do you think you had an impact on the, the health of people's teeth? like do you was that a passion was did that start to drive you at some
1: point we we liked the idea i mean gary and i had 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 other jobs where the the customer didn't always win you know we had sales jobs where you know we were pulling the wool over people's eyes a little bit to in order to close the deal and we said we don't we don't want to do that anymore we want Everybody to benefit. We want the patient to benefit, the dentist to benefit, our employees to benefit, and us to make a great living. And so, it had to check all four of those boxes for us to be interested. And we became very passionate, uh, passionate about the positivity of getting people to take care of their teeth because that does make you healthier. And of course, I've learned massive amounts about dentistry and and the connection between your oral health and your overall health, which is deeply intertwined, even though healthcare and health insurance won't pay for any of it. Um, it, but it's, you know, a healthy mouth is integral to a healthy body. Uh, it it extends your life, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, or, and if you don't, it shortens it. Um, you know, they, every year they come up with some new disease linked to, uh, Periodontal disease or something like that, you know, risk of heart heart disease, uh, uh, you know, can, breast cancer. The list just keeps keeps going on and on. Throat cancer, all of these things. If you don't have a healthy mouth, if, if you've allowed you know, particularly your soft tissue, but even your, you know, if you're losing teeth and stuff like that, that's, that's affecting everything in your body. Um, that's without even going into the more of the homeopathic sort of thinking about. You know, what's what what's going on energetically in your in your body based on your your teeth. I almost said dentition. I almost went into more clinical <laughs> terms. But, yeah, I, I became very passionate about it. And I'm, I'm the other thing that happened is I met really great dentists all across the country who really cared about taking care of people. They, they were passionate about doing that really well. And it was great to find them patients. It was really nice to be able to recognize, recommend them. We were like Yelp before Yelp. We, we had doctors that we had sent hundred, eventually hundreds of patients to, and knew that people really liked going to them. And that that was very satisfying to know that that was the caliber of,
0: of client that we had, of of dentist client that we were recommending. And that was a double-sided market before most people understood double-sided markets, probably, right? You had to keep, yes. recruit the dentist and the patient.
1: Yeah, they were they were both my customers. One of them was paying, but I had to keep them both happy or I didn't have a business.
0: Yeah, this, this is amazing. I could talk about that all, all day long. But I am super interested in Super Bowl because I work with a ton of entrepreneurs that um are shy i guess yeah they don't like to pitch they don't like to get out in front of people they like the craft that they do or whatever it is and let's let's jump into that
1: yeah and uh, uh, what i've learned early on in life and and it took me a while to incorporate it into my my own behavior is that boldness really is a superpower i mean it it can transform everything that happens in your life by just by being bold, by speaking up, by stepping up, by trying stuff, by letting rejection roll off your back, um, by not hesitating. And I, I learned it the hard way because I missed tons of opportunities. And and it just made me frustrated and angry. And I said, I have to change this about myself. I've, I've got to be able to to speak up. I get. I want to meet people. I want to meet great women. I want to meet uh, great people in business. Uh, I want to have. I, I don't want to miss fun and adventures. I don't want to miss important situations where you want to be able to make your move and and not hesitate. Whether it's meet that you know you see somebody an athlete or a movie star that you really admire, you want to be able to go over and and talk to them like a normal person and and have a real conversation, not just dive at them and say, Can I get a selfie? (laughs) You know, that just freaks them out. And most of the time they're gonna say, uh no thanks. But I've I've met amazing people because of it.
0: There's so many tangents I want to go on, but I'm gonna start with with the one, you know, Almost everybody that I interview talks about, oh, I'm going to do some shameless plugs at the end, and I'm like, no, they're not shameless. This is <laughs> what we're here for. You're doing something special. Let's get it out there. What What do you have to say to those people that feel like they're they're just self promoting? But that's like, we're if, if of- you're not
1: going to promote yourself, why would anybody else? <laughs> uh, it, you know, you if you're if you're not proud of what you're offering, passionate about what you're offering, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. Um, and if you are, then you got to learn to put it out there. You got you to wear the t-shirt, you got to wear the hat, you got to stop people and say, do you know what would it benefit you that I do you got to be, I mean, we had to, when we started 800 dentists, we had to beat the streets. We had to go door to door, talk to like three, 400 dentists before we found 20 of them that would go along with what we were doing. Uh, and we had to say, we didn't even know if it was going to work. We just said, look, we'll give you all of the patients that call from this zip code. Oh, okay. And that sounds pretty good. Yeah, it'll be a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars a month. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but if you don't do it, the guy across the street, is probably going to do it. Uh, oh, I don't want him to get it. Uh, I'll do it. So we had to learn to do that. And that took me being much bolder than I was comfortable being, but I had to build a business. I had $30,000 of family money and and I had to prove to my old boss who said 800 dentists would never work. I had to prove to him that it would work.
0: Is that the only reason it worked is just to prove him wrong? One of the primary reasons, certainly. (laughs) So... You know, that's a great lead-in to the other thing I wanted to ask you. Are you an introvert? I am
1: basically an introvert. I, I, I'm, I'm what I call a bold introvert because I like doing stuff alone. I get a lot of stuff done alone, but I am not lonely. I am not lonely anymore. I am not alone when I don't want to be anymore. And I can meet anybody. I can walk up to anybody and have a a, a conversation with them Or be rejected by them and not go feel like I need to jump out the window. It's like, oh, they didn't want to talk to me right now. Not a big deal. Uh, And that is transformational. Because if you're you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to build your business, you're going to need to find connections. You're going to need to find mentors. You're going to need to find customers. You're going to need to find investors. And you have to bring, like, if if you're not willing to be a self-promoter, about your business everywhere you go the investors are not going to be interested in you they're they're going to bet on the jockey not on the horse as they say you could have a great idea but they're looking at you they're going to invest in you and whether you can be passionate about it enough to convince them to give you their money but also are you are you going to be passionate enough to tell everybody that that is could be interested and potentially be a buyer that you're gonna, that's what you're gonna be doing. You're not gonna go like, oh, I'm I'm gonna engineer something really brilliant and hope people come to me and ask for it. Yeah, that happens a lot. I mean, w- we know so many businesses, you and I, where they, they, they had a great business idea and a great execution of the product, but it died because they didn't know how to market it. They didn't know how to sell it. Yeah. And there's plenty of products that are really average but they market the heck out of them. There's some crap that's really well marketed that people end up buying, especially like on Facebook and stuff like that. the stuff around the holidays, you can buy some real garbage right that has a great video selling it.
0: Wish.com wouldn't exist if people didn't <laughs> buy garbage. I'm sure of it. Um, you know that's there's a model that I always teach entrepreneurs that a great idea with a horrible implementer, is going to go nowhere. A horrible idea with a great implementer is going to go pretty far. I mean, they can go. It's exactly what you just said. I love the way. But if but you, if you
1: got both now, now yeah. you got a great business with longevity. Yeah. Uh, you know, eight hundred years as a concept. Think about a business business that went thirty years. It's hard to get a concept to run that long. I mean, eventually, the internet and Google disintermediated us. But it took them 10 years to do it, to really take us down. And we yeah. were we were profitable the whole way right to the finish line till till we sold it.
0: That's that's awesome. This is it. It really is an honor to have you here because you're teaching so much to the young entrepreneurs who listen to the show. So I, I appreciate that very much. I got one more question about introvert, though. Sure. Introvert extrovert, I think, is a new phrase that people have been, uh, splashing around lately in the last few years, at least, and really talking about the introverts that go out there and be bold and how exhausted they are when they get home. Do you, do you talk about that in the book? Do you, do you find yourself exhausted from having to take that shell away and then uh, put it back It's on?
1: because they haven't, because they're stressing, about the interaction, rather than getting energized from it, and it's because they've pushed themselves so far out of their comfort zone that it is an effort to do it. They have learned how to do it, or or pretend to do it, uh, but it drains them r- rather than feeds them. Mm-hmm. And it's so uh, it, they didn't really learn how to do it; they learned how to almost fake it uh, and 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 summon it. But, but then they, they got, oh, I, I need to refresh myself from this. That was grueling. Whereas uh, once you learn to be bold enough that it is your default mode, it's effortless. You, you just say, yeah, I'm going to go. And, and, and all, part of what they're doing also, they think their job as an extrovert is to make people interested in them and to be interesting. What actually, what a bold person does most of the time is he makes everyone or she makes everyone feel like they're the most interesting person in the conversation. They're the most interesting, really good people. And I teach this in the book as well. It's a very simple way where you make that person you're interacting with feel like not only the only person in the room, but the most important person in the room. And it's not that hard to do. And when you do it, sometimes, and the techniques, they will learn very little about you but they will find you fascinating because you were so interested in them and you were asking questions about them. And you weren't, instead of telling them everything interesting about you in an unbroken monologue until they glazed over, you were busy focusing on them and connecting only with them. And when you do that, they think you're fascinating.
0: You know, some people are going to hear that and I don't mean this the way I'm about to say it real quick, but it, it's sort of it's almost Machiavellian, right? It's almost like you're manipulating the conversation. But I think you go beyond that. I can actually feel that even coming from the screen. How do you keep it sincere? Because I well, bet you do.
1: What happens when you do that, when you actually don't think about making yourself interesting to somebody, you're, what you're doing is... Making a human connection, and you're, you know, why not make somebody feel better about themselves by making them feel interesting? One, it's, it's, it's actually a a a positive feedback loop for yourself because you're doing it. I mean, you just may, you could just do what I call a drive-by compliment. You can just go to some, see somebody in Starbucks, and say, "Man, that suit looks terrific on you." I mean, it, it really, you know. You're wearing the heck out of that suit, and 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 walk away, and what? And you've sprinkled fairy dust on them. You've just made them feel good about themselves. You haven't been interested in the outcome at all. And that's what that, that's really why it's not Machiavellian is you have no hidden agenda. Your outcome is to connect with that person, to get to know something about that person. And Man, it's amazing I'm- how deep you can end up going with people when you do it. They'll start to reveal stuff about themselves. They'll get really
0: vulnerable. It. Uh, I'm, I'm so pumped up, man. I've got chills on my skin right now because this is exactly... Uh, tell us about the book. How do we buy the book?
1: Okay, so it's on Amazon, and it's in hardcover. It's in Kindle, and it's in Audible, and it's me reading the book. And it breaks down the, the mindset you need to transform So that you can realize why you want to become bold. It also talks about a bunch of social and communication skills that a lot of people don't know. And then the last third of the book is five levels of exercises that you're going to do on a daily basis to expand your comfort zone and build your boldness muscle a little bit at a time, little increments, but, it will constantly be rewarding you because you're not overwhelming yourself. You're just getting better and better and better at it. And then you'll, you'll create the neural pathways so that eventually your reflex will be, I, I'm going to make the bold choice. I'm going to, um, and you know, like people say, do you get nervous when you go on stage? And no, I can't wait to get on stage. I used to get nervous. Now it's, I've transformed it. And I turn all of that nervous energy into powerful uh positive energy that, that lets me bring the full you out to people when I'm on stage, but I can also do it in a room with five people or two people or one person. I can I can bring the full me out because I don't feel like I have to hide that part of myself. So and and you can go to my website, fredjoyle.com, download the first chapter of the book, uh and And get a sense of what it's about. But remember, if you're going to buy the book, don't just read it. You got to do stuff. It's about taking action. Do a a boldness exercise every day. And that's what's going to transform you. And and it's going to be fun. It's going to freak you out a little bit when you first do it, because I'm going to tell you to do stuff like when you see uh, uh, a sign that says employees only go in and realize that nothing bad happens when you go in and realize all of the stuff you told yourself about how you couldn't even turn the door. Oh, it says employees only. I can't go in there. Oh, what's, what's going to happen. Nothing is going to happen. They're not going to beat you to death. The most that's going to happen. And this is a small percentage of the time. somebody's going to say, excuse me, this is for employees only. At which point you just say, I am an employee, just not here. I misunderstood <laughs> the sign. And they'll look at you like you're crazy and you leave. But it's an exercise to to just realize all this crazy self-talk that we have stopping ourselves. Bold people, never the ones stopping themselves. The rest of us, we're stopping ourselves all the time. I'm trying to break you with that habit. And that's what super bold can do when you do the exercises.
0: So with uh, super bold versus regular bold.
1: What? Super bold is that the difference, in, so boldness is confidence in action. So you wanna feel confident, but it, confidence is how you feel. Boldness is how you take that confidence and go into action. Do stuff, stay, say stuff, try stuff, meet people, take chances, take risks that you know are low percentage, but you still wanna try them and you wanna learn from them. Uh, you, you, you reject rejection. Failure is a step up and you never miss opportunities when they're really important because a lot of people are confident and bold in in all sorts of situations until it's really important until it's like, Oh, I I need to ask for a promotion and I can't summon it. Or I need to speak in front of all of these people and tell them about my, my new idea, but I can't do it. Or I need to do a eulogy for a parent. Oh, I don't want to speak in front of people. You will get one chance to do that and it will nod you the rest of your life that you didn't step up and talk about that person that raised you. And so super bold is you bring it everywhere. Your boldness is there whenever you need it, when it's most important, when it could be one of those two, three, four pivotal moments in your life. And you're right there to step up, to speak up, to take action, to take risks and chase your dreams
0: so i've got somebody commenting over here um i just want to put out so that uh he definitely does it definitely picking up super bowl uh amazing stuff uh thank you omar this also happens to be somebody who i talk about uh boldness and confidence and uh he, I, I hope he doesn't get offended by this but i <laughs> i often say to them that uh confidence is silent that there's this this confidence that you can have but i i don't think you're giving the same advice i think you're saying a different thing um and i would love to juxtapose those things cuz i won't argue cuz No but well again can't.
1: the 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 subtitle of the book is from underconfident to charismatic in 90 days charisma is really just You are so comfortable wherever you are, you radiate this confidence and can take bold action, whatever you want. And people are just drawn to that. Your your ability to be calm and energized and your full self in every situation, that draws people to you. And they will say, wow, you are charismatic. I mean, when people say it to me, I, I, I say, are you talking about me? But you know, but they said it enough why I went, I guess I've, I've gotten this far where, where I'm so comfortable. I act like I belong wherever I am. It doesn't, I could be dressed wrong. I could be the poorest person in the room, least successful, least attractive, whatever the heck it is. I, you know, I still act like I belong there and I, and that's how I, and that's what I believe And that draws people to me. It's like, why? why? He's completely, he's the only guy without a tuxedo on. And he seems to be completely comfortable with that fact. And they end up talking to me and say, man, I didn't have to wear, wish I didn't have to wear a tuxedo. What's your excuse? Are you lying? Did you say you lost your luggage? And I said, well, that is my lie. Yes, that is what I'm saying. I just (laughs) didn't bring a tuxedo. Uh, and, And I pulled him in instead of feeling like, oh, I'm so awkward. I don't have a tuxedo on. But and that's that's just, a, you know, an analogy for a million situations where we tell ourselves we don't belong or we're not worthy of meeting that person or doing this or we're going to be embarrassed or humiliated. Both people don't. They don't run that program. Or when they hear it, in, I call it Dr. No. When they hear Dr. No speaking, they go, yeah, that's interesting. I'm not listening. And they go do whatever they want. And even if they're uncomfortable doing it, they go like,
0: I'm, I'm going to do this till like, I get comfortable. Do you ever suffer from like an imposter syndrome? Cause I do, cause I'll be (laughs) out there. I I was in a hoodie and a CEO networking meeting this morning. I got a shirt that says Lucifer it's making fun of cats and everything on. (laughs) And I'm like, why am I in this room? But I still had confidence and I still had the boldness, but I suffer from it on the drive back to my office.
1: Yeah, because we still are going to tell ourselves this terrible information, this, you know, one of the things I I, I try to teach people early in the book is when you hear this voice in your head telling you something, stop and say, is that true? Could that possibly be true? How true is is it true 1% of the time? 5% five percent of the time oh people are gonna laugh at you they're gonna be embarrassed at you uh, and, and embarrassed for you and you're gonna feel terrible. it's embarrassment is a choice. Uh, I, my one of my favorite stories is a friend of mine she's on stage speaking. she breaks a high heel and now that's that's a horror show for most women the idea of that that happening anywhere out on a date or out anywhere on stage. So she kicks her shoes off and she says, I guess I need to start, start spending more than 30 bucks on shoes. And the whole audience just laughs and she owns them at that point. Cause she chose not to be embarrassed when every one of the women in the audience is saying, I would be horrified if that I would run from the stage if that happened to me. And she just rolled with it. That's, that's the choice that you can make. And so you're only an imposter if you decide to tell yourself uh, that I've met really successful people who they're just people they've, they've bumbled into some things and worked really hard sometimes to get to some things but they've been lucky they've been you know they've been at the right place at the right time they 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 had a really great partner or they they created a a, a really great marketing program that just resonated with people it, any number of things could could happen nobody is you know a, a crossover genius except maybe Elon Musk who can just everything he tries as crazy as it is is probably going to work but the rest of us you know, we're trying and failing and, and good at some things and get some things done. And, you know, I, I love when people tell me about where they messed up because it's fascinating because I say, oh, yeah, I blew all, I blew 100 grand on that, too. <laughs> and, and I lost all of it. Uh, and I wish somebody had told me not to. That's kind of what I do now as I, I coach business executives and say, look, I've, I've I have million dollars of survivable mistakes that I can help you avoid as you go through your business, as well as help you be bolder. But I can also help you be bolder in the right direction, so that you can have a dominant brand. So it's it's don't be don't Jerry don't be an imposter. You're just gonna make me mad. Uh, <laughs> so uh, because that's a story you're telling yourself, and you have to say. Why is that true about me? It's not. Yeah.
0: Well, one thing I think I think you uh, brought Omar and I uh, closer. Boldness is confidence in action. I think you said that really earlier. And uh, so you're helping us men there for sure. But for the for the entrepreneur, imposter syndrome is, you know, that especially in those beginning phases can really knock them off tilt a little bit. And I, I just, I haven't read your book yet. We're definitely getting copies around here. And, uh, I I think it can help. I mean, do you, do you have a demographic that, I mean, it's just for kids is, I mean, it's not for kids, but, uh, I mean, this
1: is what I wish I knew at 16 and 20 and 30. Uh, but I have I have had the whole spectrum. I mean, there's it's certainly people like if you're coming out of college, this is stuff you're going to want to know. If you're going into high school, this is stuff that you're going to want to know. If you're starting a business, this is what you want to know. If, if you're in a career change or a life change. I And I'll give you another example. Uh, I, I gave the book to some a, a friend of mine who is a retired football and wrestling coach and he reads the book and I said, I said, he says, I want to read your book. And I said, well, you know, you know, let's face it, you're 69. Yeah. You know? And he said, yeah, I, I want to read Cause I know you wrote it. So I want to, he calls me up and he says, I'm going back to coaching. He says, I don't know why the heck I'm retired. He says, I love training athletes to become high performance athletes. And I know how to do that. And that's satisfying. I don't want to be retired anymore. I, the bold move is to find a way. I don't need to make money doing it. I just need to find a way to go out there and start doing this again. And I just thought, okay, it's for everybody. I, and I've had really successful people that I consider really bold saying, wow, I, I'm real. I'm listening to you and I'm reading a book and I'm realizing I can be even bolder. And that's the reality is you can always get up your game. You can always get better and bolder and, 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 refine your social skills to another level take take bigger bigger smarter risks but but not never be the one to stop you
0: why oh, i think he just answered it i'm i'm gonna retract <laughs> my why for a second um as we kind of we come i i didn't realize that we're at 35 minutes already this is flown by you're super interesting and this is an interesting concept um Let's let's go to the book promotion. Let's uh, make sure we we we've got Amazon, we've got the book, so we kind of know how to search on find that. But you said you're doing coaching as well. You wanna yeah. you wanna promote that a little bit too?
1: Yeah. So obviously, I do keynote lectures on Super Bowl. So if, if you had a sales team or you're you were just trying to get your organization to to get enlivened, to get stepped up. And, and more confident in there at, at every level, whoever it is in your organization. I, I love doing keynotes and and it's transformational for people because they, you know, it's interactive. I get people on stage doing stuff they never imagined they were going to do. And, uh, it, but also uh, with individual executives, I, I coach a few CEOs right now who are, you know, they have good businesses, but they get they got a lot of blind spots, uh, as we all do. Uh, and so I help them build a team that covers their blind spots. And also, I, I'm really candid with them about what I think their strengths and weaknesses are and how they have to challenge themselves and and what they have to change about their own mindset. And just, you know what they, you know, they'll say, I really want to try this. And I'll say, this is, this is what will happen when you do this. Cause this is what I did when I wanted to do that. And, you know, and I lost $250,000 doing it. Um, let's, let's turn that 15 degrees and do this and it'll work. So there's a lot of that. I, I say, I, I talk, I, I call it, you know, hit hitting different potholes. You don't have to hit the ones I hit and you don't have to hit them at the speed. I hit them. You can just go around them, um, but you got to know they're there. And, and you know, it's uh, you learn stuff in business by doing stuff. Uh, and and I've, I've got tons of marketing experience uh, and sales experience and executive experience. You know, I was uh, you know, I created a fantastic work culture when I the, my last month <laughs> at 800 Dentist. We celebrated three 25 year employees that month. Three people in that month had basically spent their entire adult life working for us. And that was that made me really proud that we had created a place like that. But when you create a place like that and that happens, it's because they're defending the culture even more than you are. They are more protective of it than even I
0: would be. That's the only way it sustains itself. So I love this conversation and I always, I, I like to give somebody just one thing to walk away with and I'll give them a simple thing buy this book. Um, but what, without giving the whole book away, what's a simple thing we could all do today to just be a little bit more bolder. And, and let me say why I'm asking this actually connection is the opposite of everything bad in our world, whether it be, you know, the unhoused, substance use disorder, gun violence, the more connections you have, you know, when you kn- meet somebody that can help you, it's it's not what you know, it's who you know, that does, that really matters sometimes. And so when I when I think about what you're doing and what you're talking about, where somebody can walk up to somebody else and meet them, you're thinking superstar sometimes, but we also have the, the reverse of that where just, you know, an average person in our community could smile at somebody with the cardboard sign could be a little bold with them. You don't always have to give them a dollar or the cigarette or the beer or whatever they want. You can just be kind. And I see this being relevant. What, what can Uh, we uh, do to just be a little more bold? I think the, the simplest advice that the starter
1: kit is talk to a stranger every day and, and 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 randomize it completely. Like you say, roll down the window and to the to the guy with the sign uh, at the intersection and just say, I hope I hope things start to look up for you. And, and that'll be better than the dollar you give them because you looked at them and And you said, I see you as a human being. And I express something positive to you and then talk to somebody and and never, never have an agenda, have an ulterior motive. When you talk to that stranger, it's just to connect. Maybe it's just, I ideally it's to make them feel a little bit better about themselves, compliment them in some way, just say, hello, just smile at them, do something
0: every day with a stranger. I have nothing to add that right there. I love it. I love it so much. So anything we forgot to talk about anything you want to push a little bit more real
1: quick? No, no. Uh, I just I like to end with this thought is that um, the only person that you need permission from to have the most satisfying, enjoyable, fun filled, love filled, exciting, fulfilling life. The only person you need permission from to have that is you.
0: Plug to that. So I'm going to take us off the air, but stick with me for one second. Everyone that's a wrap for every damn day. I know we went a little bit long, but Fred is so incredibly interesting. And these are important subjects across the board, entrepreneur, social entrepreneur, uh, just somebody trying to survive through the day. Uh, I love what you said, Fred. So thank you so very much. And we will be on every damn day again tomorrow because it is every damn day. So love you all, see you later. Anything you wanna say, Fred?
1: No, thank you, Jerry, for, for giving me a chance to talk to your people.